0: Welcome to It's a Sublime Life, inspiration on living an excellent life and seeing the beauty already in life. You can find It's a Sublime Life on most social media platforms. Just search for It's a Sublime Life. It's a sublime life. My name is Hayley, your host, and we have with us today Will, who is a vegan and an activist. Welcome. Thank Uh, you. Now, just want to start by sort of saying, have you always been vegan? Is this something that you've been brought up with, or is it a um, conscious decision of yours? how did it come about
1: yeah what happened was i was just a 17 year old and <laughs> one day i went to the local library and i saw a book i did uh, where it was the live wire guide to going being and staying veggie by juliet Galatley. i thought this will be interesting it'll be an interesting read i thought i'd be very skeptical but When I picked it up, actually, what I was reading, it really resonated with me. It introduced me things I'd never thought about before and never really knew about before, like intensive farming, the impact of the meat industry on the environment, the impact of the meat industry on our health as well when we eat meat. And so reading this, it was a real eye-opener, and that's what got me actually thinking I'm gonna try this vegetarianism <laughs> and overnight then I was a vegetarian and then around 6 months later you know, 2002 it was I was looking into the group that the book had promoted which was Vegetarians International Voice for Animals that Juliet Galatley had founded this group and they were a vegan activist group and I started reading about veganism and for the same reason I was making the switch to veganism as well
0: okay so so you you talk about you you resonated with this book what what parts of the book did you resonate what was
1: yeah it was all off the book really Uh, you know Always, like a few years before I'd gone on an open day to Keele University, the school had took us along and there we were in a Keele philosophy class where the theme just happened to be, is it unfair to use animals for meat, is it wrong? And even though I was a meat eater... I thought, actually, it really is unfair to take the life of a cow. Mm. If you don't need to, you can be a vegetarian. And so I ended up arguing in that class that it was unfair to take the lives of animals while knowing at the same time that I was a meat eater. And I just, it felt impossible for me to be vegetarian. The school canteens, there never seemed to be any options.
0: The practicalities, (laughs)
1: yeah. Absolutely. And so I had that already, the idea that maybe it was wrong to take the life of an animal. But when I picked up this book, In Utoxta Library, I was just absolutely blown away because it made me consider other things. I didn't know that there was intensive farming. I thought all animals that were farmed for meat were just out in a field and then eventually killed. But it introduced me to the fact that most of our meat, it comes from animals who are intensively farmed inside sheds. And it just totally blew me away. The fact that also with the environment, there's that impact that I think we'll be looking at through the podcast, where it's the fact that we use up so much water, land as well, rainforests knocked down for animals so that they can then have feed. And it was just things that I'd never really come across before. And I didn't realise with meats, the cholesterol, the saturated fats, that, you know, this could have a bad impact on my health. So then all of a sudden I thought, okay, maybe vegetarianism is something I could try. And the writer, Juliet Galatly, she made vegetarianism actually sound exciting <laughs> as well. exactly. It's just, Yeah, exactly. Very realistic, very exciting, actually. So all of a sudden I thought, actually, there are vegetarian foods to eat, and so I was going vegetarian, and it was a very similar story with my veganism, where I was reading Uh, one of their booklets, it was called The L-Plate Vegan, and it was by the Vegetarians International Voice for Animals, and I was reading through that, and I thought, oh, actually, dairy and eggs, you know, there's a cruelty there I hadn't thought about towards animals, and also an impact on the environment, and before you know it, I was like thinking, I'm gonna try my veganism, and my veganism was a bit more gradual, you know, it was over a Uh, period of some months as well gradually cutting out dairy and egg products
0: so for you then would you say it was more the, the logical argument of well we don't need meat so why do I eat it or would it be the argument of actually these poor animals and their welfare and a more of a I suppose what my last question was uh inquiring about is um is there a particular type of person that uh goes to being actually is vegan is it something about them that well perhaps is more caring because you know in considerate type of a personality um but I've just picked up from you that there's a there's more of a logical element of, well, you know, why why do it if we don't need to? Mm-hmm. You think it's a bit of both of you, or
1: I we... think there is a mixture of things. For me, though, I went on to study, and part of my course was philosophy. So I started to read books about ethics and animal rights, and that really came to underpin my veganism books by Peter Singer, the philosopher, uh, also Tom Regan, and many writers in this area where they're looking at ethics, they're looking at animal rights and how we treat animals. It really underpinned my veganism because I thought if we don't need to be killing animals for food, then why go ahead and do it knowing that veganism was possible. So that was for me what really cemented it. But I know for a lot of people it can be a mixture of things. Of course, I do know a lot of vegans, uh, being an animal rights activist, a vegan activist. And I think in the vegan movement, you do get people who are very much animal lovers too. You know, have always liked animals. And then think if they care about dogs, they care about rabbits, you know, like pet animals, cats. Then all of a sudden they think as well, actually, yeah, thinking about it, seeing pigs, chickens sheep you know you think why love one and not the other do you know what I mean so then it becomes a natural thing to go vegan because they don't want that blade to go through that pig's throat um you know they just are against violence to animals so then almost logically but also from the fact that they are an animal lover they've become vegan
0: and you mentioned your um you're an activist, so what do you do? you Take parts in in things now. Uh, yeah. To, so what what groups or what what is there out there that that yeah. one can be a member of, and what do you do?
1: Yeah, it brings smile to my face because there is so much to get involved in. Yeah, for animals, absolutely. So. Early on I did start to volunteer for Vegetarians International Voice for Animals and Animal Aid as well, too. And it was it's always been a great opportunity. I've done a lot of street collections for a great group, Animal Aid, across the Midlands, raising funds for them. Great campaigning group. They raise awareness, they provide resources free for schools as well. That so schools can get these resources free, teachers can and bring it into the classroom, where it's looking at how animals are treated. And schools can be interested in that for a mixture of reasons. So English classes, it's about Persuasive speaking, persuasive writing, so they look at that side. They like the animal aid literature for that. Science class, they like the animal aid literature because it's about whether testing on animals actually helps as well or not or hinders because a mouse will tell you about a mouse rather than a human being. So they love having the animal aid literature for those classes to uh, discuss that. I loved being in schools to talk in citizenship classes, religious education classes, because it was that side of things. They were looking at social issues. They were looking at the ethics side of things. So it was great to uh, talk for animal aid in those classes. And I would recommend it to those who, you know, have been campaigning for a while and are wanting to sort of help animal aids work in that way. I know that at the moment with work, I've not been able to get out to classes so much for Animal Aid, but I really did enjoy that side of things. Animal Aid too, it's information stalls, action days, aware, raising raising awareness. So it is a real eye-opener when you do become veggie, vegan, and start learning about animal rights. For example, a big thing for Animal Aid is looking at the Grand National, where horses fall, break their necks, break their legs. Uh, killed then so animal aid have an awareness raiser about that day too and protests as well because ultimately when you get into veganism animal rights it becomes more and more that question about what right do we have to put you know a horse into a race where they're at risk and where they're going to be whipped and that's the thing they are at risk of falling and breaking a limb and having to then lose their life and I will say as well then later on I came across a group where they were ultimately wanting to get across the positive side of animal life where animals can enjoy life we see you know we know from the companion animals that we have like dogs as well cats how much they enjoy being free outdoors exploring the world you know they enjoy as well our company too and it just You know, with that side of things, you begin to think, well, if we love cats and dogs and we want them to be happy, why don't we also want those pigs and cows and chickens that are out there to be happy too Mm. and not have to have their life taken from them? But Mm. I mean, I digress slightly, but the (laughs) amount of activism that there is out there, I've been helping at the moment, Anonymous for the Voiceless, where we've been in Hanley and we've had the uh, boards that say truth across and they have laptops as well and on the laptops it has how animals are being treated in farms, in slaughterhouses, the laptop computers play the videos people might have heard and seen like Earthlings, uh, Land of Hope and Glory, so there's these films out there watch on netflix and youtube now and i think that's one of the reasons veganism is becoming so talked about now because of the fact people can watch these videos on social media Mm. but yeah the list of ways to help animals is endless even if it's just adopting an animal which is a huge thing you know these animals that are abandoned and in rescues people can adopt Friends who are adopting chickens so the chickens won't have to go to slaughter and friends who just adopt you know dogs cats and it opened my eyes up because then I had an animal companion through this you know I adopted a dog and that I think actually only went to cement my veganism you know because of the fact that I was um, a wonderful animal who you just see that they enjoy life and it is that thing I wouldn't take the life of pet dog why would i be willing to fund the taking of lives of pigs chickens and cows
0: do you um is there i mean there's obviously a line which i don't know if you have crossed or you know people have crossed that you um push the boundaries of activism and maybe get arrested and, and things like that how far do you think do you think things should go or need to go in terms of um people i suppose in a way it is protesting isn't it um do you, have you encountered this a sort of police element in in what you've done or what others have done
1: yeah I have as well. So, there's a lot of activism out there and there are, for example, fur protests where we have placards. We uh, let people know what's going on in the fur trade. We'll be at a shop that's selling fur. The police might pop by and visit, but then usually go on because it's a peaceful protest. It's educational. And I do think education is the way forward. I think if you look at this era we're in now where everyone seems to be going vegan, every Mm -hmm. other person it's incredible Uh, I think now this sort of era there's perhaps less uh, friction with police, if you do go back I mean when I was getting involved it was uh, 2001 I went veggie 2002 I did start to go along to protests and met other vegetarians and vegans and I would hear and I'd read up and I know that in the 1980s, the 1990s and even the noughties there was more like, for example, the big campaign against animal experiments and it would be at uh, breeders of animals for vivisection, animal experimentation, it'd be also laboratories that were testing on animals and of course there was much more... uh, police interest in those events there was and the movement in many ways seems to have moved away from a lot of that in that there's not actually as much campaigning people have noticed against animal experimentation as there used to be it used to be more the animal rights movement that was the area of focus if there was a particular area of focus and i suppose now It has been replaced in a big way where it's the uh, farming side of things, where it is veganism and that, if anything, has become more of the big focus of the animal rights movement and... Because it ends up being more, maybe less protests and more vegan festivals and food giveaway stalls, it does mean that there is less, you know, police coming along and taking an interest and arresting people and whatnot. (laughs) You know, there's less likelihood of that when it is about these events centered around education and ultimately food.
0: Yeah. And yes, I'm looking back now and yes, you're right um around that time, I remember sending a letter to a huge organisation and, and at the time I brought my shampoo from this organisation, sending them a letter about don't test on animals. Uh, so you're absolutely right, the, yeah. there was a big thing about that, yeah. wasn't there? I just remember that now and they sent me um, a whole bunch of information back saying that, uh, I don't know if the, it was a product or that they no longer tested on animals or and um but you're right it was it was wasn't it it was centered about animal experimentation and now it's it's vegan isn't it yeah it's um have you i don't suppose you've heard um about they can now grow meat that's just growing meat and it's not part of an animal Have you, do you know about that or, or I've
1: heard a little about it yeah that's the thing and they're doing it mainly for environmental reasons because they mm. see as well that they need to move away from agriculture so there has been that coming along and jerry does his interest in the ethics because if it is it at the point where they can do it without using any animal did an animal die originally uh, to produce yeah. that meat yeah but uh of course mock meats you begin to think with all the linda mccartneys the corn foods out yeah. there it's even necessary for it But yeah, Mm. it is getting interesting because people are actually looking to do that now more and part of it is environmental and hopefully part of it is people thinking, scientists thinking, well if we can create something that spares animal life, then Mm. you know, why not? Mm. Good thing.
0: How, I mean, you've mentioned uh, a a lot obviously about the, the animal cruelty side of eating meat. How much do you know about the environmental side of it then? Mm-hmm. Is it, how much of an impact is this, I'll say that again, how much of an impact is this having on the environment?
1: Yeah, because we were earlier about people who got involved, is there a particular type and I know that there are people who are quite passionate about the environment who do become vegan and become campaigners and it's a natural thing because of the fact that with animal farming the amount of crops that are being fed to animals it's very inefficient you've got deforestation, uh, rainforests cut down so that we can then have feed for cows and it's just unnecessary because then the amount of energy that we get out of eating those animals so that all these plant foods it doesn't stack up to the amount of energy we get if we have a plant-based diet
0: ah so just don't go humans just go direct to the plants yeah <laughs>
1: absolutely yeah. and with the animals then that we have you see, that's the thing, we breed these cows into existence and then they produce methane, which doesn't help as well to the climate, and also cutting down our rainforest, it doesn't help our climate. So it does all add to climate change and you think it's mad really and it looking through the centuries, you know, people weren't eating as much meat as they are now, and there's a lot of demand for meat especially in the rich world so people are consuming huge amounts of it which is having an environmental toll as well as a toll on people's health when they eat the amounts of meat that they do so you think the amount of water that's used to feed animals it's just all unnecessary it's an efficient use of resources and of course there are still in the world 800 million people who are you know starving so it's you think with this occurring why do we do it but there is that inequality in the world and so that also interests people i think and pulls people into like really taking interest in vegan activism as well as the environmental side there's the global political side you know if we're wanting to have food to feed the world Mm -hmm. then we need to look at this
0: yeah definitely so you've you've touched on the uh, the health benefits um i i think i was listening to a podcast the other day and i forget which podcast now but they were explaining um they were given an example of vitamin a and they were saying that the vitamin a for example in a carrot is not only is it less than in i think they could be possibly talking about liver in in this case um not only is it less but it's of the type that um a human can't absorb readily so you'd be eating you'd have to eat far more carrot or plant-based items um compared to how much liver you would have to eat to absorb for your body to absorb that vitamin A. Do you know anything around these areas or can you enlighten me or?
1: Yeah absolutely. (laughs) It's one of those things where with vitamin A, I wouldn't know specifically about after I look up a bit more info on vitamin A, but it's one of those where we know that people are living on vegan diets, people have been doing it for decades and decades and tend to find that vegans and vegetarians as a population live longer than the meat-eating population. So it's one of those I've read as well that it'll be seven years on average longer that i should live hopefully this crossed. and get run over by a bus tomorrow but uh that's it so it's an interesting one because it, it tends to be people look at b12 as well where now for example we've heard about b12 it's uh, actually it would be in plants but it's just because of the way plants are grown now and it have been in the soil but there's always the concern will vegans and vegetarians get enough b12 but it is now supplemented into cereals you know your yeast extracts like marmite will have it and it's the same with any of these vitamins but if anyone's ever in doubt you know there's this thing where you could take supplements like meat eaters take supplements you know Mm -hmm. there's vegetarians some who take supplements there's vegans some who take supplements and I've done it at different times you know if I want that peace of mind that I'm meeting all my nutritional needs then Mm -hmm. I will do that and I don't think when you look at on one hand you've got an animal's life who is in a farm who will then be taken to a slaughterhouse and a pig who will be hung up by a chain and have that blade put through their throat for me then ethically of course i'd you know eat the diet that i do you know
0: yeah because so, then i suppose it's about priorities do, do you want to live with yourself is it having possibly having to have a supplement or do you want to live with yourself having known that you already seen something every day that causes that kind of pain to yeah or, or animals Yeah, exactly
1: that. It's Mm -hmm. very true. And that's it. And you know, of course, Animal Aid, the literature they produce, the Vegan Society, the literature they produce, and Vegetarians International Voice for Animals. It's all there, the breakdown of where to find all your different nutrients. Yeah. All these,
0: do these have... Groups or pages on Facebook as well, or do you just they go do. to a website? You've you know? got
1: website, Facebook pages, all on social media. Yeah, okay. So I recommend so any be, of those three organisations.
0: Yeah, I'll get um, that info from you and then put it in the show notes, because um, that'll be some useful information there. Um,
1: but that's it. So, uh, I'd keep eating as many carrots as I've got to eat as long as I don't, you know, have yeah, to take is, that animal's it, it, life. Yeah, you're
0: right. It's about priorities. Which yeah. dish do you want in any case? Even if it is true that you're going to <laughs> eat a lot of carrots or, or whatever, yeah, it is. It's about priorities. Um, recipes. Mm-hmm. Now, I would switch in a heartbeat to Mm -hmm. being vegan because you know similar to you i think well what is the point if there are replacements just why so and the the why is (laughs) is that i i don't know how to well i don't know how to eat without meat or animal products i don't know how to make the recipes what are the recipes to make how do I, you know, I go on my app,
1: mm-hmm. uh, I have
0: my groceries delivered, I just choose what I want. What mm-hmm. do I choose if I'm, what do I hit, what, what foods do I order, you know, is there help for me if I just want to really simply and with not a lot of time spent just convert?
1: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Part of our activism is we do hand out booklets for people who are taking those baby steps. They'll mm-hmm. be like the Animal Aid booklet to go in vegan and Vegetarian International Voice for Animals, Viva, they do booklets in the Vegan Society and it's just something where as you go along you know when I first went vegan it wasn't ordering online it was more in the supermarket (laughs) so you'd be looking and initially when you start off as a veggie and particularly vegan you will look at ingredients lists but the labelling is so brilliant now foods will tell you if it's suitable for vegans and you can tell because dairy and eggs are allergens for a lot of people a lot of people are allergic to them or having big bold letters if it has egg or dairy in Mm -hmm. so you all of a sudden it's a real eye especially now. It's incredible how much food is suitable for vegetarians and vegans. And I'd say in terms of recipes, once again, these groups do produce recipes. And it can be a case of sometimes the recipes that you make now, the food you make now, you can use those substitute meats instead. So mm. I do like as well being able to use my uh, vegan mints for a pasta dishes, you know, and mm-hmm. once, and then it's just discovering all your veggies and piling them on in there. Yeah. definitely. And the curries, and
0: yeah, so some people have, and um, like for instance, me, I, I don't like in my diet anything uh, fake, anything fake food, any chemicals that shouldn't be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when you add in another requirement for your diet like that it is sometimes then even harder to then say oh, well I, and, and I, I yeah. want to be vegan uh, because I've noticed I don't know if it's changed now actually but I've noticed in in the fake meats that all these chemicals will be in there I think it partly goes back to our previous point, where it's about priorities and and which do you prefer: that an animal dies, or do you Mm -hmm. want to eat a few of these chemicals? But having said that, what are meat alternatives that possibly don't can don't have these other chemicals in? And I'm thinking. Sometimes mushrooms can be added into to a mm. dish that that makes it taste and feel more textured like meat. Is yeah. there anything else?
1: Well, when you look at, for example, V-Bite, you know, I've always noticed they've put, like, nothing artificial. They've got written across that packaging. Uh, V-Bite's have always been in Holland and Barrett to buy as well. So you do get, like, because, of course, companies who make these foods are conscious that there's a market... Out there for that, and want it to be as uh, absolutely as natural as possible. And essentially, these foods they're made. Some are from soya, uh, wheat, and potato can be in them. There are, of course, the gluten-free ones for people who have that allergy to gluten and you get now coconuts being used so a lot of the original cheeses would be made from soya but now it's going it's made from coconuts so you've got all these alternatives out there that are coming along if you look at the milks for example it started off just being soya milk and now of course you've got coconut milk, uh, you've got oat milk, you've got cashew milk, almond milk, hazelnut <laughs> milk, the there rest are a lot Absolutely. And I've got to say, I tend to prefer the ones that are sweetened, and you know, it can be some apple juice or it can be um, some sugar that they put into the ingredients. I tend to prefer them, I've got to say, for my uh, cups of tea, my coffees, my cereals, um, but you do get the ones that are unsweetened, whether well, a catering flat market, there's organic ones, they're really going as you know as natural as can be you know water plus plant (laughs) yeah
0: Mm. the other area that was interested in is when someone says they're vegan is it strictly about what they put in their mouths in terms of no animal products or is it a whole range of things
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question where it's becoming discussed more and more. Because if you look, always, you know, I've looked, at, I like the dictionary and so I've, I've studied English and philosophy and things. So... Uh, when looking at the dictionary, it will often be like veganism, a vegan is somebody who does not eat ingredients that are derived from an animal and typically wouldn't wear things that are derived from animals. So you've got that as the dictionary definition, but oh, if it, you look at... Does it
0: have in the dictionary about wearing as well? No. I I yeah,
1: they'll know. sometimes add that in because of course... And the course, dictionary
0: definition, oh that's yeah. Okay
1: yeah absolutely yeah so but it can vary certainly it's more diet-centered and a lot of definitions are but then the vegan movement also a lot of vegans are wanting to make the point that when the vegan society was formed uh, the founder of the vegan society he said veganism is this it's a set of beliefs so I noticed, for example, if you look at a brilliant, amazing thing that is Wikipedia, they make the distinction because they've got they've listed about dietary veganism, which would be more plant-based, where it's just eat and vegan, you know, in foods that don't have any ingredients derived from animals. But then you've also got ethical veganism, where it's the belief system. That's what the Vegan Society was founded on, where it's a belief that animals aren't ours to use to exploit in any way. So it does mean being opposed to animal testing and definitely the fur trade and the leather trade and all of these.
0: I see, yeah, that's interesting, that's interesting. If you were to give me a recipe that I could do that's perhaps one I'm not used to perhaps not as simple as substituting meat for something else in a dish. Or I already use. Is there is there a dish that you like that's <laughs> specifically there vegan? Is, in?
1: Yeah, my mouth waters a little bit. Thank you, <laughs> veg chili. So I do, do like it that? a lot. Yeah, I do. So that's uh, of course, you know you as well too. You've got your kidney beans as well. But yeah add in but you've got also your mushrooms as well your peppers so i uh, just you know go for a, a tomato as well and you know a little bit of soy sauce and it's a uh, delish so and so up the tacos yeah but, but, so nice tacos, yeah. but the, it's nice with the veggie mints as well i can't recommend it enough with yeah. the veggie mints added into to replace the meat mints yeah but it's like i say there's if you think of that uh, indian cuisine always been making dishes that are very you know brilliant with veg and spices that aren't centered like obviously you know England traditionally it'd be meat and two veg but yeah. of course you look to other cuisines for inspiration and I do like as well uh, pastas and pizzas you know that's sort of perhaps some Italian rooted food and you know you can do lots of pasta dishes even without uh, mock meats, if you didn't wish to use them, and then of course the pizzas. You know it's you can of course add mock meats and um, pizza is definitely nicest with a uh, mock cheese like you get a uh, soya cheeses, the coconut cheeses. So I, I love them to bet You know all the big pizza chains are doing those uh, cheeses now. Uh, so that's the thing but then essentially the rest is all veg you know so Mm. it's like how much when you think about it a lot of perhaps a person's diet anyway is vegetable based Mm -hmm. it just depends i suppose on the person
0: yeah Mm. Mm. Eat a lot of fruit and vegetable in your vegetable curry, what spices what things would you add then in there
1: yeah absolutely uh so when i go out i'll have a vegetable multi as Well, or mushroom balty, where okay, yeah, that's it. But I prefer my chilies, I prefer my uh, pasta dishes. I do where I'll have like uh, peppers, mushrooms, sweet corn, olives you know, I much more prefer that in my pasta dishes. Um, tomatoes, so yeah, um, you can have so jalapenos.
0: Very, so the dishes are are very much the same as let you mention balty just take out the meat, add veg and the spices are still the same the herbs and spices, they're still the same they don't get tweaked necessarily just because the meats get taken out
1: exactly that if you go to an Indian restaurant or Chinese you have your mixed vegetables as well and they have so many dishes that are actually just all vegetable centered they're not actually needing to replace meat because they wouldn't have meat in them anyway so Mm. of course they do meat dishes but they do such a great selection for vegetarians and vegans just naturally yeah
0: do you know what i'd really miss the Mm -hmm. one thing i would miss if i was to become vegan is a Sunday dinner, and that's been my favourite <laughs> meal from, since since I was a child. And I'm just thinking now, you know, if if that fake meat uh, could be grown, you know, without the his, any historical killing of animals or what, that would be that would be brilliant, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it? That that'd be amazing. It
1: would, and it's really come along so. You know, there's always been for decades now the nut roast and I've never overly been keen on nut roast myself, but a lot of people do like nut roasts too when you get all sorts of now variations on the nut roast, you know, for the supermarkets, they've really got into this vegan new wave really sort of Waitrose, Tesco, Sainsbury's looking to bring in their own ranges and really work with that sort of Sunday meals. But you do get all sorts where it'll be like your... Mock meat roast beef as well that has been around a long time. Like uh, it's uh, V bites who have done those for a long time. Sort of um, mock turkey as well, and I'll be serving so that delish with the gravy. They're absolutely delicious. And your roast potatoes, your Brussels sprouts, all of these, the peas and the mash, and it's it's just great. Is yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah if these, if these you know issues I don't know it's about the ease of it isn't it if we can just replace meat and it's hard you can hardly tell if if anything or in fact if it is meat but it's just not being grown by a living animal you know it would just solve things wouldn't it it's just
1: Okay, yeah. So tell me more what you're thinking.
0: Well, I, it comes back to the point of why why send animals to slaughterhouses? Why mm-hmm. treat them inhumanely if you can just re- replace it with another product? Yeah, And, you know, these products yeah. now are in the pipeline that are actually...
1: Yeah. Meat.
0: Genetically,
1: even, meat. Yeah, tastes like meat, but are plant-based. Yeah. And as you say, scientists are even where they're, like, using tissue and uh, that's it. It's a great development, but it's uh, not there yet in the marketplace. But they're trying yeah. to, like, create something that is actually technically meat, but animals are not being slaughtered for it. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. But you've already got your mock meats that are plant-based and we were mentioning earlier how three supermarkets have really gotten board to try and create their own ranges of foods for the public to try out and enjoy uh, but you've even got because i want to People do just think you would go Waitrose, St. Debris, Tesco. You've got the likes of like Iceland who would do the no ball range. They've brought out their own range. Aldi have just brought out a range of mock meats. So they're all wanting to be in of to bring out their own plant-based meats. Mm. So it's just <laughs> been revolutionary the last few years that mm. this has occurred. It used to be you'd more be going to a health... Um, like Holland and Barrett you'd be going to a health food shop but now of course the supermarkets are really on board and wanting to cater for vegans but not just vegans it's uh, vegetarians and it's the flexitarians and I think it's called reducetarians but the flexitarians where they're cutting down basically on meat and we have hit the nail on the head if we don't need to do it and you know why does it happen because it's... I've never been directly in a slaughterhouse. I've seen the video footage of it. I couldn't be at one because you just... you wouldn't be able to let it happen. We're all... we're a nation of animal lovers and caring, compassionate people. Most people are and you think them. we just have this disconnect when we buy the slab of meat that's in the supermarket. But when you see as well too, obviously animals, you know, be it the uh, sheep, the pigs as well, having that blade put through their throats. You just think, how can that happen Uh, with the egg industry? If you see uh, chicks that are being shredded because they're male, they're not going to be any use to the egg industry. It's just awful. People who have being around chickens they know that they're absolutely wonderful animals and then to think that a hen after she's not laying as many eggs 18 months on average she will have her life taken from her it just seems such an unnecessary cruelty mm-hmm. so why would we fund that with what we buy and the food we mm-hmm. eat when there's alternatives
0: yeah absolutely uh- and I'm just thinking now, you, if it was as easy as hitting a button, I'd hit the button yeah. right now. It's not, is it? It's it's habits with people. It's taking the time to change the habits, taking the time. I mean, I've already ordered my food for tomorrow to go <laughs> to on tomorrow to, you know, my grocery food feed. Uh-huh. It's me going on on, on my app, I going think. through. And choosing different things. It's just taking that time out, isn't it? And doing that again week after week. And I suppose maybe one step at a time with things. One meal at a time, maybe. I've heard of that. People firstly going vegan with their breakfasts. Mm-hmm. and then the lunches and then the teas so they're gradually building up this knowledge yeah. of the recipes that they do the products that they, they can buy where to buy the products how to use them and I guess that's it isn't it just yeah. do you think there's a do you think there's a sort of gap in the market out there where where individuals, where families can get a service and literally, somebody just takes my phone, mm-hmm. says, here we go, here they are in this uh, big online grocery app, tick, 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 there's a, a breakfast that you can have the week, tick, 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 okay. there's, a, you know, and then then it's a history in your phone. Then I can just reorder the next week, I've got, do you know what I mean? Someone yeah. literally coming in, right. These are, this is what you've got to order. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, filling in the gaps of, I mean, I know meat replacements in spaghetti bolognese, for example, that's going to be easy mm. enough. But but cooking the different other v- uh, vegan meals, you know, coming in and doing that as a yeah. service. Do you think that's, I don't know. I, I, I would love for, the, for that as a, maybe as a Christmas gift to myself or, or or from someone or, you know, and then, oh, that's, that's done now. I can.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a good thing that is. And it's there to that extent as well, because of course, when you're on your website, Uh, those food caterers, the supermarkets, they want you to be able to pick out the foods you want. So they've got all their foods that are listed as vegan and I think it will. Then once you build that knowledge uh, of the brands that are suitable for vegans and even like brands that cater for both people who eat meat, people who eat dairy eggs and who are vegan too and offer all sorts of foods then you just you do acquire that knowledge of just what's suitable what's not and it does just yeah become easy because of course it's so many you know vegan families out there who you know are doing it and Mm. absolutely and i was was thinking because of course that is the other side of things with a lot of the groups uh, that i mentioned the national organizations vegan society Vegetarians International Voice for Animals and Animal Aid, they have those booklets where it's about the practicalities of being a veggie, a vegan, and yeah, buying the foods that are out there, they sort of give the pointers, the recipes, and... I think now, because I've got to say, I still do my uh, shopping in a very traditional way. I'd be going out to a shop and buying. But with, uh, I know, the supermarket's way ahead where they make it so easy, the websites to find what you want to find. And you just know the foods. Because I imagine with their search engines, you can just put in uh, vegan meats, you know, soup meats, mock meats, and that kind of thing. Let's try just, it. I'm just going to try yeah. and search for whose website is it you use them
0: it's just Tesco I mean not that I I'm, I want to promote anyone <laughs> over the other but All it's other. just, yeah, yeah, just, for it's just um, as a little go oh where is my app here we go so I'm gonna just search for vegan see so what it brings up hmm. 49 products which is okay let's see what it is it's corn it's jackfruit.
1: Yeah, it's becoming a big thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, ice cream. Dairy-free ice cream. Um, yeah, there are a lot of things there. I'm just looking through now. Uh, lentil, lentil soup. I, said, yeah, I suppose, I mean, there's a few things there. But it interestingly, it hasn't brought up and I'm not sure mm. what I was expecting by searching, yeah. but I guess, um, I don't know. I suppose it's not the answer mm-hmm. if you wanted to cook fresh necessarily yeah. uh, and bring individual ingredients together,
1: I yeah. suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one place is an amazing place in Derby. Uh, it's a shop called Soundbites and... They have it's entirely vegan, so you just go in. It's they're very environmentally minded. That's
0: what, need. That's, that's what a, we
1: need, and yeah, sort of like
0: a, it's it's a space where you can yeah. go into, and you will know you absolutely, absolutely know anything in there is vegan. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's that's what they, yeah. <laughs> they have yeah. a delivery service yeah. as well. Yeah, they're a brilliant shop. <laughs> and
0: I mean, it's either that kind of shop or a space within your app of an existing huge grocery store where yeah y- where you put parameters on mm-hmm. it so i only want to put vegan mm-hmm. items in my basket yeah and if you try and click on something that isn't vegan yeah it kind of doesn't let you put it in.
1: That's exactly what you need,
0: isn't
1: That's it? Nice the requirement. They and should build that
0: into the I know. Should, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna them tomorrow.
1: Listen it's to my another. idea. It's, I uh, know, absolutely. And then our customer service will be probably like, oh yeah, we've already got that <laughs> here. it is. It might be. It might be. Is there a filter sort of option um, on that? <laughs> they absolutely. must have. They surely have. I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we've just thought about that yeah. in, in 50 minutes, they should surely have. Sort of arrived at this themselves, but I bet, bet there isn't. So, any kind of filters? Hold on. Favorites, usuals, oh, that's your orders. Um, no, it doesn't um, appear to have like parameters. Filters. You know, yeah, yeah.
1: Filters. I'm so surprised by that because you must think as well because there's people who have allergies to yeah, food. And that yeah.
0: And just oh, yeah,
1: on the website <laughs> that could bring it all up and help those people get the foods they need yeah. yeah but that's it it's one of those well if you think what is always useful when you're in a supermarket many of them do have the free from section which as well as people with oh, allergies yeah. is very useful as vegans you know we can go along to that and see and it's Very well broken down, because it is those who are looking to avoid eggs and dairy, often for health reasons, they're allergic to them. So that's a brilliant section, and it tends to be the labelling has got so good now anyway, where if a company is making a vegan food, they often want to state on it that it's vegan, you know, Mm, because they see it as this emerging market. So it's pretty easy but it's got good too where it has been exciting over how the last year or two you've got supermarkets who all of a sudden want to have a whole section dedicated to vegan that's away from the free from section. So like for example Waitrose got into the news for it where they had this whole section where it's dedicated to vegan foods Mm. and once again going there it is sort of they are looking to expand it where it's not just simply mock meats as well where it is just like different pasta dishes that are ready um curry di- curry uh takeaway options and things like this but it is where they're thinking about that family who perhaps haven't got time to be even making uh, their own food and just want something quick and easy and good to go so it is really coming along in leaps and bounds mm-hmm. yeah
0: It is good. It is brilliant.
1: It is. And it's, there's so much food out there. I mean, we're talking earlier about what to eat and it can be, of course, hummus, falafel. I mean, that's the stereotypical, (laughs) but it escaped my mind. But they're, they're just the great foods out there that you can get, that people have been eating for decades, you know, and living healthy lives on those foods. And a lot of people, they may be, Eat meat, but they at the same time they adore hummus, they adore falafel. So it's an eye opener, isn't it? When you realize actually how much is vegan, you know already. Mm.
0: Mm. Mm. No, it has come a long way. It has. Is there anything that you want to add that I haven't thought of? Or
1: yeah, I mean, I'd always say if it's something like it get a Yeah, the good thing is shoe shops, (laughs) just any old shoe shop nowadays will have vegan shoe shoe shops. Exactly, yeah. So no leather. So it's you know, it's obviously not the biggest of range in a typical shoe shop, where they're, they're gonna have a lot of leather shoes, and that can make life actually easy sometimes shopping, where you just like, you I'll look for shorts. the one where it's the diamond shape, rather than the, what's shaped like a cow, which I always okay. thought was about the Sturbeg. So you could yeah. look for that symbol where it's uh, non-leather materials, where it's synthetics, it's man-made materials and choose that in just a typical shoe shop but you know you've got those people out there vegans who want to support vegan businesses so there is if you fancied a trip to the seaside in brighton they've got vegetarian shoes where just shop a business dedicated to all their footwear being suitable for vegans okay absolutely so you got vegan you shampoo
0: shop? i noticed in the yeah. shop the <laughs> other
1: day <laughs> yeah it makes vegan, you think
0: Vegan shampoo.
1: yeah um, <laughs> it can be a thing where a lot of those sorts of products anyway will be vegan as cool. it so happens but because it's such an emerging market mm. it's booming you know now a lot of makers of cosmetics and toiletries do want to put the vegan logo on so that people then do buy yeah. those items yeah mm. and uh, that's an interesting one too because As vegans, it it can stretch definitely beyond diet because you've got now... It reflects how campaigning can be successful across the European Union. It cannot be used any ingredients that have been tested on animals purely for to be used for cosmetics and toiletries since 2013 because everything, unfortunately, at some point has been tested on animals. But we achieved this victory where it cannot be imported these ingredients you cannot test on animals within the European Union uh, for cosmetics purposes either but you can't import either ingredients since 2013 that are being tested on animals after that period it's a cutoff period 2013 so you've got cool. this victory for animals and how things can um, improve when people are, you know, speaking, writing letters to politicians, writing letters to businesses about these issues. And as vegans, we want to buy those products. And it's an interesting world because it means that, for example, L'Oreal wouldn't be able to use ingredients that are being tested on animals on their products here. But they can be then funding testing on animals in America, in China. Mm-hmm. You get these companies like L'Oreal, Procter & Gamble, where they are still linked with animal testing. So then, of course, the next step as a vegan, you where you don't believe in animals being exploited, is to look at that and therefore think these particular companies a vegan wouldn't want to buy from. But that's... Uh, it. One of those where mm. even though the product might be free of animal ingredients, people are thinking about what the company then does to animals outside of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I tell you what, what um, would be possibly controversial to some people is that, okay, I want to become vegan. And so I impose that on my children. To some people, this would be an issue um, and I just... Have you encountered any of this? Do you know anything about this?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I'm also, interest, on the
0: yeah. other on the other side of it, imposing yeah. my meat-eating yeah. <laughs> habits on them. So, <laughs> so for yeah. me, personally, no, it, it isn't in each other. I know for other people, it is. It's seen as a strain. I mean, people... We've talked about how veganism is... Is more widespread now but for some people it is still a strange concept and it's what you're and what you're 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 making your you're making your children be vegan what would you yeah. say to that
1: i'd say it's something that's got discussed absolutely and you did there uh, you flipped it and you thought ah oh, actually but we also often if we bring children up to eat meat we are uh, sort of force that onto them, because, of course, they eat what we put forward to them. Um, and we... It's an interesting one, because, of course, we want our children, we always do, to be kind. Uh, we want them to be not cruel. And so, veganism, I'd say, in my eyes, it certainly fits with that, where you wouldn't therefore <laughs> kill an animal and yeah. take chunks off that animal and put it on the table for them, because it's an act of violence where... We're against that, surely, as a nation of animal lovers. And I've known directly, because I don't have children myself, but I know vegans who do have children and raise them as vegan. They're born vegan and they're perfectly healthy children. So then it becomes mm. that thing that if it's not necessary to do it, then why is that cruelty inflicted on the animal? Why do we take their life from them or keep them in a shed where they're never going to do and be able to be natural and out and free um it just seems so unnecessary and in terms of information on raising uh, vegan children vegan babies the vegan society are good for providing that information for parents it wouldn't be something i can speak directly of myself yeah Yeah. uh, brilliant
0: brilliant there's also a sort of slightly absurd argument that raises itself when we talk about being vegan yeah. and that, okay, uh, you could consider everything having life. So an animal or a plant mm-hmm. still has life. Yeah. How would, what would you say to kind of people who say, well, you've killed a plant and you're eating plants? So, you know, (laughs) I'm just killing a chicken and I'm eating a chicken. What's
1: Uh, the um,
0: argument
1: there? Yeah, that's it. Because, well, with chickens, they have nerves and nerve receptors, uh, whereas plants don't. So animals can feel pain and suffering. And plants, certainly appears from their biology, don't. And people make the argument actually where if you were concerned about plants and because of all the plants that are being fed to animals, you would be a vegan then anyway because of all the crops that are going to feed animals to then feed people, it'd make more sense to be vegan if you wanted to save the plants, so to speak, Uh, because you would eat vegan and then you'd be killing less plants to then feed animals. But that's that. It's something where... We know that RSPCA, for example, exists to look out for animals, you know, and make sure they're not hurt, and they don't ever get called out to protect a a supposed plant that's being hurt. So I think at the end of the day, we all know that animals have feelings, and uh, plants, on the other hand, don't. But yeah, it is something that sometimes people do say to vegans, oh, what about the plants? (laughs) But where Shit. they normally would never say that for them as a vegan and they feel for whatever reason they want to start charging them saying what about plant rights?
0: Yes, you never. Know, there isn't someone you can call if someone's ripping up a daisy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't there have to see someone rip up a daisy. Can you just come out uh-huh. and try and repot it? <laughs>
1: exactly. Because <laughs> we all know at the end of the day that's it, that it's mm. animals who feel you know, we are an animal, biologically speaking, and so we can relate to them, whereas plants, there just isn't. There's not the nerves, the nerve receptors. So, mm. you know,
0: I think in our society, what really is the point of eating meat when you consider the downsides of it? Do you think in other parts of the world um, there are people who need to eat meat otherwise they will well quite literally starve is it is there any do you know of any kind of areas like this where it's not a a real option for them like it is for us
1: yeah Yeah, that's it i mean our campaigning me and my fellow vegans and activists and that. We campaign in a world, a society where it is very possible to be a vegetarian and vegan. So we're not in the third world saying to people and become a vegan. So it is of course where there's opportunity to be so and you can be healthy and you've got the food to be able to do so and in terms of because we talked about earlier the development how it can be more efficient to uh, veganism than uh, meat because of the fact that so much water and land and resources are used up feeding animals to then feed people for that reason i believe their name is hippo Uh, they existed as a charity to help uh, relieve in the third world where it was it was a vegan organization And I'm going to lock them up on my phone to see if that's still about. They're a vegan organisation that helps as well in the third world where it's about helping people in poverty. But they wouldn't be, for example, funding fishing and a goat for the people. It would be plant-based foods. Okay. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's something where our campaign and where we ask that question like the anonymous uh, for anonymous uh, for animals it's very much about getting that conversation going with people because we're doing it in a society where it's very increasingly easy to be veggie to be vegan so you know mm-hmm. it's not, we don't tend to and that's the thing isn't it it's the problem with our society as a whole where we are so disconnected from what's happening on the other side of the world mm-hmm. unfortunately uh where there are people who are struggling who are suffering and it's as we've got to engage with that as well because that's the problem when we talk about climate change it's they who will suffer from that more than us to begin with as well the flooding tends to be the poorest company countries that get flooded let's have a look as well on here for that organization and it, is, it is something that we occasionally get asked, for example, if we campaign against fur. Oh, you know, uh, people would say to us, if I was in Siberia, they would wear fur. They would say, and that's it, but it's, once again, if, so we're not in Siberia here in here in the UK. So it does make you think, once again, we don't need to use animals for fur. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. see, so yeah, I've rubbed some information where it says, Hippo is an overseas aid charity. Let's have a look. And Hippo's motto, feeding the world with compassion, has a threefold meaning. The first and most obvious application is that we implement the compassion of our supporters by feeding poor and hungry people. The second is that we do that in a way that avoids causing cruelty to animals. Thirdly, we strive to feed all people, both rich and poor, physically well-fed or underfed with the ethic of kindness to all living creatures. there is this organisation, Hippo, that's exactly about that, you know, relieving global poverty, but doing so in a way that is very much consistent with vegan ethics.
0: Yeah, that's good, that's nice to know.
1: Yeah, it was interesting earlier. We were discussing uh, plant-based meats and alternatives, and of course, the criticism often levelled at these big fast food chains is that they will, of course, put all sorts of flavourings into their burgers and chemicals. So it's often can be the case that they're not as natural as you they'd have you believe, and. I'll say because it's an interesting with the, what is natural argument, of course, and is it natural to be putting all these animals in sheds, transporting them on vehicles then that pollute the world to slaughterhouses where they have their throats slit. It's just that doesn't particularly feel a natural thing either. Um, it just it feels like a monstrosity. But at the end of the day, I think also question of whether it's natural or natural isn't so interesting as the question is it right is it wrong is it necessary is it unnecessary yeah yeah
0: Yeah. and so you know even even if you have meat products what is in the meat product isn't necessarily going to be free from uh additives and mm-hmm. things that You're better not eating particularly things like bacon um, mm-hmm, yeah. And gammon they'll have those additives in won't they um, mm-hmm. but less so chicken but chicken and again all meats they are You have to then look at what the animal is fed Mm -hmm. Um, and injected with in terms of antibiotics and hormones and all these other things so although yes a piece of chicken breast won't have any additives other than a chicken breast Mm -hmm. okay what then that animal has eaten is still in that meat um potentially so yeah yeah, hormones uh,
1: exactly
0: anything Antibiotics, anything that they've had mm-hmm. is going to be in that, potentially in that flesh, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Here's the thing that saddens me because of the amount of meat that people are eating, this meat trade that's not necessary. All these animals intensively farmed where they are being fed these antibiotics and the risk being that our antibiotics then become weaker and weaker because, of course, these animals, what they'll have is super viruses that occur because of the fact they've been fed antibiotics. So the viruses evolve and survive the antibiotics. And there's this super virus that we then create. And we have things like swine flu as well that obviously killed people. It is a scary thought because it is all necessary. And it's agriculture, animal agriculture, can kill us ultimately rather than just all the animals that it's killing, who also, like I say, that's something in itself, but it could also potentially wipe us out through climate change, but also our antibiotics ceasing to exist, ceasing to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I've just thought about something. When you look at, when we look at, um, the poorest in the world the issue with them eating meat or not getting enough to eat and the looking at the issue of um okay so that animal eats more would have to eat more plants uh and that and that transfer of energy isn't necessary okay the plants are all there the animal eats it but what a human eats at the end isn't the culminative effect of what that animal is and I'm just thinking now in the very poorest they wouldn't actually probably have I don't know these animals farmed necessarily these animals are going to be more Wild, so they. It's a case of okay, can this person go and pick pick a plant-based product to eat, Are they is that even available? Will they be able to eat what the animal eats? Mm. Are they going to be able to do that, or do they have the animal because they haven't had to look after this animal? They have they have, they've done nothing apart from catch this animal. Mm. Is it is that. Uh, an issue in certain
1: areas. Mm-hmm. You mean if it's a wild animal that they, they go yeah. out to kill rather than yeah, farmed well, the, animals?
0: Yeah, so, in, so would they be facing an issue where perhaps to go and get a plant product to eat they would have to go onto someone else's land perhaps to have that or to do um, extra work to plant those plants etc etc to mm. have a plant based food are they going and eating animals because that's the only option because mm yeah you know they have a, they they don't have land to yeah. get plant-based food from are they doing it for that
1: yeah that's uh yeah so in the third world like you're saying it might be different circumstances and might not be able to exist as a vegan
0: yeah i guess i was just looking more into why that might be um what barriers there are there to mm-hmm. to changing to changing things there i guess yeah so we've come to the end of the podcast thanks um will maxwell it's been very informative it've uh, been very knowledgeable and i've enjoyed it very much uh, if you've liked this episode uh, consider subscribing so that you get the updates on the new episodes that are out uh, thank you very much
1: hey thank you for having me haley Thank you.